A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus knew from the first who those were that did not believe and who it was that would betray him. And he said, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. After this, many of his disciples drew back and no longer walked with him. Jesus said to the twelve, Will you also go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Gospel of the Lord. Perhaps one of the most beautiful and yet confusing aspects of God is that he has created us with free will. It is at one time both liberating and also frustrating. It is always deeply mysterious. What does it mean to say that we have been created with free will? Essentially, it means that we are not robots who have been programmed what to say or how to act that we are essentially free. Of course, God might inspire us with something. God might lead us somewhere or put us in a situation or a circumstance. But the ultimate decision is really up to us. How will we respond? to the inspirations of God, to the providence of God. Because God never forces himself on us, nor does he ever force his ways upon us. In every moment of the day, There's always a choice that's standing right before me. I can choose to love, or I can choose to hate. I can choose to do nothing, or I can choose to serve. I can choose to pray, Or I can choose to ignore God. The choice is ours. This might seem like a strange question, but what did Adolf Hitler and Mother Teresa have in common? Not two names that you often hear 
in the same sentence. But what they both had in common is that they were free. And each one took their freedom to extremes. One of them, with their freedom, chose hate, murder, and genocide. Whereas the other, with her freedom, chose love, service, and sacrifice. Whose life was more beautiful? It's an obvious answer, isn't it? Tonight's question, will you also go away, is a question, I believe, about our freedom and about how we will choose to live. In some ways, I think Jesus' question Will you also go away? Could be paraphrased as saying, What kind of life will you choose? What kind of life will I choose? Let's put this question in context in the gospel. This question comes to us in chapter 6 of John's gospel beautiful chapter. It's actually the chapter we're reading right now in daily Mass, in the liturgy. And it's oftentimes referred to as the bread of life discourse, when Jesus is really giving us this extraordinary teaching on the Eucharist. And before we get this question, Jesus has just said these profound words. My flesh is food, and my body is drink. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. What is the response from the crowd to this seemingly strange teaching of Jesus. The scripture tells us that after Jesus said this, after he said these things, many of his disciples drew back and no longer walked with him. They left Jesus because it was simply too much. They couldn't understand what he was talking about. And so Jesus turns to the twelve and he asks them, will you also go away? In other words, will you also leave? Or what will you do with your freedom? And St. Peter 
It's actually one of the only times in the Gospels where he gets the right answer. He says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Peter is essentially saying, Lord, without you, my freedom is nothing. It is empty. It is you who give life to my freedom. It is you who make my freedom beautiful. I'm sure all of us here are familiar with the story of St. Maximilian Kolbe, wonderful, beautiful Franciscan saint. And St. Maximilian Kolbe was born in Poland and he moved to Japan to become a missionary. And after being in Japan for a while, he returned to Poland in the year 1939, which as you know is the year that Hitler invaded Poland and took over Poland. St. Maximilian Kolbe, like many Catholic priests, like many Catholics and Christians, was placed in Auschwitz concentration camp. And he, like all of the prisoners, were forced to live in these horrific, inhuman conditions. And all of a sudden, in July, one of the prisoners from Auschwitz escaped and it infuriated the Nazis. And as a sort of reparation, the Nazis picked 10 different prisoners that they would kill in reparation for this one who got away to show the prisoners that no one escapes from the Nazis. And one of the men who was chosen to die was a married man who had children who were not in the camp, but who were, I believe, at home. And when the guards came to get him, this man fell down on his knees and begged them, please, don't kill me. I have a family, I have a wife, and I have children. And the Nazis were not moved at all. They could care less. And St. Maximilian Kolbe was nearby, watching this whole thing happen. And he stepped forward. He said to the Nazi guards, he said, I am a Catholic priest. Please, take me instead of this man. And really, to the surprise of almost everyone, they agreed. And they basically placed St. Maximilian Kolbe and the others in a little cell without any food or any water. And after three weeks, 
say Maximilian Kolbe was still alive with a few of the other prisoners. And the whole time he was ministering to the prisoners, praying with them, singing hymns to them, until finally he died. And that man who he took the place for eventually made it out of Auschwitz. It was actually in Rome when St. Maximilian was canonized a saint. St. Maximilian gave up his freedom, or rather, he used his freedom to serve others. Nobody forced him to step forward. He wasn't morally obligated to take the place of this man. But rather, with his freedom, he chose to die so that another could live. All St. Maximilian Kolbe was doing was imitating Jesus. Oftentimes I wonder, how often do we hold on to our freedom for ourselves at times? For our own comfort, maybe? For our own pleasure, for our own convenience? Sometimes for things that are just simply passing away. St. Paul says in the letter to the Galatians, he says to the church there, he says, Remember, you were called to freedom. And he says, But do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love be servants of one another. In other words, don't become self-obsessed. Don't become turned in completely on oneself. But rather use that freedom to serve. Pope John Paul II, who wrote so many just brilliant things, one of the main foundations of all of his thinking was that he, he always would say, if we really want to reach maturity as human beings, the only way that happens is through self-gift. Meaning this is how we fulfill ourselves. This is how we grow, by giving ourselves away. You see, the Christian understanding of freedom is not just we can do whatever we want, whenever we want, and however we want. But freedom is intended by God to inspire good, to inspire self-donation, service, 
think it was about two years ago now, there was a story, at least for a few days, that was kind of stumping the sports world. It was the story of a, a young man. His name was Grant Desmi. And he retired from baseball at the age of 23 to become a priest. Certainly something you don't hear every day. But this young man was drafted by the Oakland A's in 2007. Something he had always desired. He started playing baseball at the age of four. And he said that when he was drafted by the A's, he thought he had everything figured out in his life. He was successful at baseball. He didn't have to go to school anymore. He had a large contract. And it seemed like his future was just wide open. And it was going to be all about him and his career. But during a game in the minor leagues, he got hit by a pitch and it broke his wrist, an injury that he was told would last six weeks. But it took a year and a half for his wrist to heal. And it was during that time, in that year and a half, where he wasn't really able to play baseball, he had a lot of extra time. And he started to pray. He started to try to figure out what the meaning of all of this was. Why God would allow this to happen to him. And as he began to pray, he started coming back to Mass. And he began to hear this calling to the priesthood. And it filled him with joy. But he wanted to give his baseball career another year. And so when his wrist healed, he agreed to play at least another year in the minors without really telling anyone what was happening to him. And that year was the best year he ever had. He won the MVP that year in the minor leagues. And he said, even though like, once again he was at the top of his game, he felt this yearning in his heart for something more. And he walked into the clubhouse, had a press conference, told his teammates that he was retiring from baseball, and he joined the Norbertine Fathers in California, where to this day, he's studying to be a priest. And he, a reporter asked him once, what he hoped people would learn from his life. And he said, in, in everything that happened to me, I just want people to know that God is what matters most. What do these two people have in common? St. Maximilian and this young man, Grant Desmond. 
They both chose a life for others. Both of them said yes to a deeper inspiration that didn't necessarily have themselves or their egos at the center. Certainly there was nothing wrong with baseball. Certainly there would have been nothing wrong even if St. Maximilian stepped back and didn't take the place of that man. But ultimately, both of them, they allowed God to lead them. And with their freedom, they followed him. And their lives became beautiful. And that is why we read their stories. Because they are, in a sense, abnormal. They're different. If you contrast these two stories with the story of the rich young man in the gospel, remember that story, this young man, this rich young man comes up to Jesus and he says, Teacher, what good do I have to do to have eternal life? In other words, What do I have to do to get into heaven? And Jesus tells him, keep the commandments. Honor your father and your mother, you shall not kill. And the man says, well, good, I have done all of these things. And what does Jesus say to him? He says, if you wish to be perfect, go sell what you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and then come, follow me. And then I think we hear what is one of the saddest lines in all the scriptures. It says that when the young man heard this, he went away sad, for he had great possessions. Jesus is inviting this man beyond himself, beyond his own comfort, beyond his own security. He's inviting him to something great. And he says no. And he can say no because he's free. Jesus doesn't force him to follow him. But what prevents this man is not that he had many possessions. Again, that's not the problem. The problem is he was possessed by his possessions. And because he was possessed by them, he was unable to follow where Jesus was inviting him. And oftentimes I wonder, at the end of his life, if he regretted saying no to this invitation of the Lord. Freedom is so mysterious. Because of it, there are people like Hitler, 
Mussolini, so many other monsters in history. But because of freedom, you also have people like St. Maximilian Kolbe, like Mother Teresa, and so many others. Jesus asks us this question tonight. Will you also go away? Obviously, none of us here are in a concentration camp. None of us here are being asked to try out for the Phillies, at least that I know of. They certainly could use all the help <laughs> yet. But the real question tonight is, how will you use your freedom? How will I use my freedom? What God might be inviting us to is different, at least externally. But there's the same invitation to all of us to follow him. And again, that will look different in everyone's life. If we are not robots, then in some sense, so much of our life is up to us. And quite honestly, this is extremely dangerous on God's part. In some sense, it would be easier if we didn't have free will, if we were robots who have been programmed what to say and how to act. And the reason why this is so dangerous is because from the beginning of time, from Adam and Eve until the end of the world, humanity will abuse their freedom. I will abuse my freedom. But because of our free will, there will also be a few souls who will not abuse their freedom and who literally make the world beautiful and enable us to see a little more clearly the beauty and the glory of God. In a very real way, they help us to see the sun shining in our lives when sometimes it just seems like there's darkness. Oftentimes an analogy that I think of that can help us, it's, it's almost as if when we were born, God has given us this giant canvas. And he's given us paint, he's given us brushes, he's given us all the inspiration, really everything we need to paint something beautiful. And he asks us, what will you paint with your life? What does your painting look like right now? What needs more color? Or more 
sunshine or more space. St. Paul says to the Corinthians, he says, you know that while all the runners in the stadium take part in the race, the award goes to one man. In that case, run so as to win. Athletes deny themselves all sorts of things. They do this to win a crown of leaves that withers. But we, a crown that is imperishable. What are we about as people, as Catholics and as Christians? We are about Jesus and the kingdom of heaven, not as something that is acquired in the future, not as something that ignores the present moment and all that, is, that happens to us here in this world, but as something that begins right now. St. Catherine of Siena once said that all the way to heaven is heaven. The reason why she says that is because heaven is a person, Jesus Christ. And when we are following him as his disciples, we are in a sense putting one foot into heaven right now. Of course, it doesn't mean that we're never going to struggle, we're never going to have problems or doubts or any of those very normal human things. But that as we follow him, we already are, in a sense, in heaven. And Jesus invites all of us to follow him. He invites us with our freedom to choose him. Oftentimes before I do a parish mission, I travel around quite a bit and do parish missions like this. And oftentimes on the weekends, in different places that I'm at, sometimes people will ask me, what is your parish mission about? And I never really know what to say to that answer. And usually I just say, well, it's about Jesus. And oftentimes, sometimes, people seem surprised by that. And sometimes it seems like people will think, well, that's it's too simple. Or, you know, I know Jesus. I went to Catholic school and, you know, I know all, I know all about Jesus. I have to admit that I find it sad when anyone thinks that they have Jesus figured out completely. Or when they think that he's not enough. That the topic is boring. There are many things in life that we can master or that we can figure out but not God. St. Augustine once said, if it is God that you think you have figured out, it is most likely not God that you have figured out. 
meaning that there is always more of him to discover with our freedom. The whole purpose of our life is to keep moving deeper into this mystery that we call God. If you want to use the analogy of God as almost like an ocean, then the whole point of our life is to keep swimming, is to keep going out deeper into deeper waters. Because as St. Teresa of Avila says so beautifully, whoever has God lacks nothing. And so the question this night is, what will we do with our freedom? Those of you who are parents, with your freedom, will you teach your children how to pray? Will you make decisions for your life and for your family that are based on the gospel and not on current trends or fads. And all of us, will we choose to forgive a person or maybe many people in our family or in our parishes, our work, who have hurt us. With our freedom, will we choose to make things like daily prayer a priority in our life? Will we choose not to waste away our life on the internet and TV? Again, John Paul II says that human freedom is given to us as a gift to be received like a seed and to be cultivated responsibly. And that our freedom is ultimately directed towards communion. The whole point of our freedom is to make us one with God and with others. So why does Jesus ask us this question? Because he wants to be provocative. Because he wants us to realize that there is nothing else. That he wants us to say with St. Peter, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Jesus wants us, with our freedom, to choose him. He wants us, with our life, to choose love, service, and sacrifice. Because without him, our freedom is empty and it becomes shallow. But with him, 
our freedom rises up to something beautiful. And we can paint something beautiful with our lives. And not only leave this world, but begin to live this world with the light that comes from God. And what does Jesus say in the Gospels? Do not hide your light under a bushel basket, but set it on a stand so that the whole world can see. Is our world not in need of this light? Let us pray this night for the grace that with our freedom we could choose him, the true light of the world. The Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you.